Hey there, before we get into this week's episode, just a quick reminder that if you like what you hear, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, whatever you're using to uh, to listen to the podcast. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Of All The Pods. We're on Facebook too, Of All The Podcasts In The World. And of course, you can always email the show too, of all the pods at gmail.com. Uh, if you've got uh, any uh, any insights you'd like to share, uh, any questions you want to ask, recommendations, uh, or uh, or just want to uh, chat more about movies, feel free to email us. We uh, we're pretty responsive. So of all the pods at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now let's get into it. Meet me in St. Louis, Louis. Meet me at the Welcome back to Of All the Podcasts in the World. It's our final episode in our Italian director series for yes. Vincent Benelli and Sergio Leone. And before we get into yeah. this episode's films... Uh, there's been a lot of good movies coming out in the theaters lately. Finally, I feel like it's been a while since. Yeah, last time some, we talked uh, about movies. not about not going to movies at all, but I've definitely gone to movies since then. I've gone to like three or four, <laughs> three or four. Yeah, yeah. Now it's starting to pick up. It's getting more exciting. Uh, what have you seen lately, Luke? I saw Us. Um, I saw Captain Marvel. <laughs> I saw The Beach <laughs> Bum. Um, that and then I saw Gloria Bell. With Julianne Moore and John nice. Turturro, yeah, all were good except for uh, Captain Marvel. That was yeah. a that was a snoozer. <laughs> was that a long one too? I just assume all the Marvel ones are like two and a half hours. It was over two hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's got too much. It's got nothing to keep you in it. Really, it was really. It's really sad. Yeah. Well, I re- I saw us. As I finally returned to yeah, and then cinema, us on the other hand, <laughs> yeah, and that's actually great to see because it's getting, it's making a ton of money. Yeah, so it's cool that there's a movie like an original movie, probably never getting an a ton of buzz. Theater of us, you know, yeah, like, right, never. Yeah, and that's cool because obviously, like, it's great that people are going to the theaters to see movies, but a lot of times it's always, you know, the next Marvel movie or whatever. So it's cool to see people going for a completely original movie. Um, and that it's getting a lot of buzz in like popular culture too. So, uh, yeah. yeah especially like a uh, Jordan Peele's horror movies with, with the kind of, uh, the kind of, uh, thinking he has going into them. They're, um, way different than a lot of modern horror movies. And, Mm-hmm. especially one like us that uh it doesn't it's not as obvious on what it all means and it's not just so blatantly going for race issues yeah. it's cool that like that's an obvious must see for many viewers yeah and i don't want to like since it's still fairly new i don't want to give anything away but i really liked it when i first saw it but then i think i liked it even more when i started looking into like other people's theories about um different aspects of the film and what some things could mean and um maybe some things that weren't explained so yeah i thought that was that makes me want to watch it again no yeah uh, the second time you definitely piece the puzzle together for sure and it's uh Mm -hmm. yeah it's really enjoyable 
Nice. And then I know you were really excited for the beach bomb. Did it live up to your oh, uh, yeah. expectations? Su- yep. Super fun uh, film <laughs> and screening. Um, yeah, it's 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 rare when a when a a screening is that fun. Um, as well as you have a you know the the fun free spirited director come out after for a Q and A, yeah, it was just a good night overall. And yeah, the movie the movies the movie's one of my favorites of the year, actually nice. my my favorite of the year, just sli- nice. slightly above us. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those it's one of those that just tailors to like my tastes so much that like I just have you know it's just like I have to like love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's right, it. right up your alley. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, and it's just it's not and it's like it's one of those movies it has more uh going for it than your typical stoner comedy, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of um empathy and like um love for like all these weird characters in the movie and it's just got this really fun free energy to it and and plus most comedy films are not shot as like nice looking as this movie so yeah i definitely recommend the beach bum (laughs) nice awesome yeah it's getting a pretty wide release too because i uh the theater right by my house usually doesn't get too many smaller films it's not a huge theater but uh yeah the beach bum is screening there too so i'm gonna have to check that out oh yeah go for it and then sweet yeah, and then there's uh there's more a little more coming out I guess uh, in the future. There's the Avengers movie, and then there's John Wick three. Yes, <laughs> there John Wick three trailer I just saw for the first time, and uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> I can't wait yeah, for that. It looks mm-hmm. like they're stepping up their game again. They're just growing yeah. <laughs> more and more confident in the action they're shooting. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. Uh, I'm interested to see the uh the whole i don't know the whole spectacle of the last avengers movie coming out because i know that's gonna make you know Mm -hmm. trillions and trillions of dollars obviously and i'm interested to see what marvel is gonna do after that um i know they'll probably dive deeper into some of these more obscure yeah whether they'll actually shut it down or not yeah or maybe in like seven or eight years there's going to be a new iron man and new captain america (laughs) everyone's just going to be rehashed again x-men did do it true which also there's a new x-men movie coming out which Mm -hmm. looks like it could be i I could go either way on it yeah i'm not sure i haven't seen all the x-men movies but the ones i have seen i've been fine with um so yeah no that's another it's another franchise that'll definitely keep going to um and there's actually a, this year there's a lot of remakes or like yeah. reboots of oh franchises. my lord when i was at the theater and so just many every poster i was walking past was just something rebooted like the lion king or yeah something dumbo, yeah Aladdin. dumbo all of yeah all of it it's crazy and then men in black is coming yeah back. men in black um, yeah I mean, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. It's pretty much been every year. It's what, yeah, it's what world we live years. in. I, it, it just continues to surprise you every year. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, for real. They're doing this again. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, and then it's going to be, <laughs> next year's going to be like Mulan and I don't know, whatever, Little Mermaid, whatever oh, Disney yeah. else decides to uh, to put out there again. Um, 
But anyway, I will say that I'm uh, I'm a bit of a sucker sometimes for that because I'll definitely be seeing like Aladdin and The Lion King. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess. All right. Move on to some old older films then. Yes. Now let's go back to to when they made to real s- movies. To simpler times. <laughs> yes. All right. So yeah, this is uh, the final episode in our Italian director series. Like I mentioned. And it's on Meet Me in St. Louis and for a few dollars more. Yeah, Minnelli and Leone yep. trilogy that we have yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, can't believe it's over. I know. Yeah, everyone's sad. It's been a long time coming, though. Yeah, so it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's we about started, time we finished. started from the bottom, man. <laughs> yeah, like, and, uh, and what's yeah, crazy, we could do more from these directors if we wanted to. Oh, yeah. Like, there's other films that I would like that I like, for instance, I would like to rewatch once upon a time in America, just in general. Cause I've mm-hmm. heard from people like that. It's like, I was kind of, I was kind of dancing around it the first time between liking it and not liking it. But I've heard some people just say it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just like an amazing film. Yeah. That's one of those super highly regarded ones that I haven't quite seen yet because, uh, because of the runtime yes definitely that's another hard part of it i gotta be like in the right in the right mood if it's you know like a sunny day outside i'm not gonna want to you know sit inside for three hours and watch uh watch a movie but um yeah that's one of those that i know i have to see um and same with uh good and the bad and the ugly which is one of my favorite movies ever but uh, yeah that's one we haven't even covered in our um in our uh little feature here too so yeah yeah, there are definitely plenty, uh, plenty for both of them. And but, then there's uh, uh, Vincent Minnelli movies, which are a perfect like ninety minutes usually, and yeah. are very just joyous for most of the time. <laughs> so a pretty yeah. e- just easy, nice watch, you know. And you're and you're still watching some a classic movie, so you're kind of educating yourself in a way. Yeah, at the with same time with the like the Minnelli Leone. Um, you know, series, there's been a good, there's been good contrast between like the feel good, happy movie. And then, yeah. And the, then like the hard, Western, the hardcore epic, you know, yep, exactly. Kind of what, yeah. What I'm doing. Mine are, mm-hmm. I can, t- cause I know when I'm, when I'm watching, I'm like, man, this is like, mine is long and it's, it's, um, they're usually long and they're slow, slowly paced. Mm-hmm. And they, but and they always just build towards this epic conclusion. Always, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're more slow burns. They are. Um, they're slow burns. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's kind of how the West was. <laughs> it was slow. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see like movies um, that are like old, and you do feel our pace really well, and are keeping you invested in each and every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, where the, every, you feel every scene is really meaningful, especially when you, you know it's moving the plot. Especially always. when you think that like our attention spans over the years have probably just, you know, based off of uh, <laughs> just 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 time, our attention spans mm-hmm. are shouldn't be able to handle some of these movies. I guess. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I always think too. Back in the day, like they needed something to fill time. 
It's like there is, there is, I mean, they would go to work and then they would just need to fill time with something. You know, there wasn't always something going on like there is nowadays. Yeah. Now we have too many things to try to fill time with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we never so get that's to why, anything. Yeah. You know, you could go to the theater for three hours to see Once Upon a Time in America and there wouldn't be anything else going on. Um, you know, you wouldn't be uh, missing out on anything else. But uh, yeah, there was no FOMO back in the day. No fear of missing out. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, so should we uh, jump right into uh, one of the movies now? Yeah, let's. Uh, could you, do you want to start start us out? Yeah, let's start off with Meet Me in St. Louis or St. Louis, however you want to say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either, yeah, I like your choice, how you're so open to just be like, Meet Me in St. Louis the first times you've said <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I just because, you know, the song, they, uh, yeah. they even, I think, joke about Louis or Lewis in the, they in the probably, movie. But, they probably do. Yeah, and I know, uh, I mean, this is uh, promoting another podcast, but Bill Burr on his podcast, he would talk about St. Louis sometimes, and he would always just go, meet me in St. Louis, Louis. So Dude, I always oh, yeah. think of that. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds <laughs> funny with his with his voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was re- so that's always stuck in my head. When I was recasting, I was having fun picturing different actors singing the, yeah. the song <laughs> and just like, because, you know, you're tr- that's what you're trying to do with the recasting. Who's going to pull that? that song off and like a lot of modern actors don't yeah right yeah and that's uh we'll probably get into this more uh, later like we i think we talked about it with Amer- an american in paris too but if we uh you know had a movie like this in the modern day and the music was also modernized yes you know what that would be like um yeah we'll talk about that more in recasting i'm sure but uh, yeah but yeah meet me in st louis a really like epitome of just like a feel-good happy yeah movie just very joyful and, and plot plotless yeah There's and re- it looks really good too for 1944 like the colors and yeah everything. yeah the, I, the set design of their home is just beautiful it's such a comforting yeah. space yeah because there's even movies i mean in the 40s and 50s that just look really like dreary and bland. And I think it's just because of the times and, uh, and everything, but they really make the colors pop and the sets and everything. Um, and of course, Julie Garland is amazing as always. Um, but what I was really like surprised with was like the witty writing. Yeah. Right. Too. Definitely. Cause this is from 1944. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of times watching movies from like thirties, forties, fifties, sometimes or like the comedy just doesn't really like i think you understand it for the time but then but it doesn't really work like i don't know i i'll watch something and you know there'll be comedy and i'm like oh yeah like i I can see how that's funny in the times like that's like a delightful joke or something right (laughs) um but nowadays it wouldn't be you're more laughing at them just trying to be funny it's just yeah the effort is the effort is enough to make you laugh yeah, it's almost like charming in a way. Yeah, yeah it is. But uh, in this, I actually thought there were like some good, like funny lines and uh, yeah, yeah, you don't really witty. Yeah, everything. that you don't see coming, and they're just very effortless. They just spill out of their mouth, basically. Yeah, and uh, I, I wrote down one because it was towards the beginning, and it caught me off guard. But it's when the little girl Tootie, um, she she comes in home from being outside. I forget what the the line before it is, but then she just goes. I'll stab you to death in your sleep and then I'll tie your body to two wild horses until you're pulled apart. 
Jeez. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh my God. Like, whoa. <laughs> that really, like, I, I was going to bring that up. Tony, that's by Margaret O'Brien. That's like one of the best child performances really I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, like, she is just so confident and good as a kid. Like, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. She's she's hilarious and just likable and fun. Yeah, I agree. Especially, and, uh... especially since I didn't grow up with her, you know? And at this age, mm-hmm. I've seen her. I'm like, wow, she's amazing. <laughs> you know, really says something. Yeah. And I wrote down, too, I, it was nominated for quite a few Oscars. The only one it won was for Outstanding Child Actress. Ooh, that was Margaret O'Brien. Sounds about one, right, yeah. Which I didn't even know that was the uh, that was a category back in the day. But, yeah, she really, uh, I, I mean, I think her character really, um, I don't know, brought a lot of the comedy um and yeah definitely uh definitely was the most enjoyable part of the the film for me and of course the music too the trolley song yeah and uh <laughs> and everything you gotta love the trolley song yeah and just that whole sequence and everything was really fun too but yeah it was i guess the thing that surprised me the most is i knew it would be like a feel-good happy um you know musical like um like i'm in an american in paris and everything but yeah, the the wit and the comedy really like surprised me, and then all the yeah the lines from Tootie just about killing like, that was a big theme with all of her lines yeah. is about murder or burying her dolls or something like that. Yeah, um, so yeah, I know I really uh, I really enjoyed it. I know this is is this one of your uh, favorites? Um, I guess classic musicals. Would you say? Oh, absolutely. Um... When it comes to ranking like Minnelli's films as well, like this has at times I thought to be my favorite one. Um, it's not really like there's others I'd like more, but it's because it's not as like say thematically like rich as some something like Tea and Sympathy or The Clock, um, mm-hmm. or and it doesn't have the like uh, the set designers dance numbers that an American in Paris has, but it's also just like probably the for me the easiest one to watch and and it just feels like something that you could watch your entire life at any age and um get something out of it and just mm-hmm. and just also just for achieving just like just so much joy out of this <laughs> out of this film yeah. you know like just it just makes you feel such positive energy um in it and um yeah just 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 um especially when you see judy garland like sing for the first time in Mm -hmm. the you know in the living room doing the song we all know yeah um yeah that's where you that's where it just kind of hits you you're like wow this movie's like incredibly joyous and um it's just kind of about appreciating what you have and everything and appreciating your roots um Mm -hmm. when and like when most movies are about changing your situation this is about just trying to stay home basically yeah definitely um, what what did you think of the ending at the essential yeah what do you think about the ending yeah i like the ending that uh you know um i mean obviously the dad is not a likable guy whatsoever he's like the villain of the movie for most of it yeah yeah and just to see like how important uh like you know family and uh uh, and everything was to them 
it really like, you know, part of it, you think like, part of it I thought was like, oh yeah, why would I, I'd definitely want to move to New York if I lived in St. Louis. Yeah. That's um, what that's... most <laughs> movies would think. And, yeah. and he's expected to get more money too. So yeah. in most movies, it's a, it, that's like the right move, but you're just kind of the mm-hmm. whole time, like as it goes on more and more depressed that they're leaving. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far as say depressed, but you, you, you empathize with them the whole time. Definitely. Yeah. Cause if, cause I, you know, I was never put in this situation as a, you know, growing up, I never had to move to a different state or anything like that. But, um, yeah, just seeing like the thing, you know, the things they would talk about and how they don't want to leave St. Louis and what it means to them. And yeah, uh, you know, they spend their entire lives here and it's like starting over again. And, and it's all just because the dad, you know, will get more money and everything. And they really realize that that's not what's important to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, so I think it's definitely a, a real, a really like, realistic story yeah it, something that could happen and i love how you go you go through all of them just in trying to find a guy kind of and it's kind of them grow they're growing up moments and it's mm-hmm. and it's not even like about that they want to stay because they want to be with the guy necessarily it's just because that they appreciate um this is the place that they've learned that they've learned everything and grown up and that's mm-hmm. kind of what they're celebrating through most of it. I've that's that's kind of what the trolley song's about, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. celebrating your home, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that that definitely made me actually want to uh, want to live in St. Louis a little bit. So, yeah, I shouldn't say uh, I shouldn't say too much. St. <laughs> Louis isn't a bad town. Yeah. <laughs> Normally they're not liking it this much as in this film. Yes, is right. Is what we're saying. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really uh really enjoyed it. I think um I think these Minelli movies are really ones that uh I know I say this a lot but hold up today that Yeah. really no matter what your situation is or what time uh in your life, it's something that I think anyone can relate to, you know, even if it's if you're a dad and you're, uh, you know, you get this new position in a different state watching it, I think you could definitely, uh, you know, relate to how your family would feel about that. So I think there's, um, yeah, I think anyone can relate to it, whether they're, um, you know, a young person um, in Judy Garland's shoes or Tootie's shoes, or if they're, um, you know, one of the parents as well. So uh, yeah, definitely always relatable. And I also wanted to, uh, to mention some, I always love checking like the fun facts or yeah, the trivia yeah, on right, IMDb. Right. And uh, you know, Tootie is obviously a big part of the film. And um, this is, I thought was crazy that, you know, if this happened today, this would be huge headlines. But um, Margaret O'Brien, Tootie's mother, wanted more money for her to play uh, in the film. And so the studio ended up casting the young daughter of a lighting man working on the film rather than paying all the money to get... Uh, Margaret O'Brien and they ended up changing their minds and decided to go ahead and cast Margaret O'Brien. I'm guessing the, the lighting guys the lighting guy. <laughs> wasn't a great actress. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so O'Brien was playing a scene when that lighting man intentionally dropped a heavy spotlight to the soundstage, narrowly missing Margaret O'Brien. Jeez. And, yeah. And after that he was taken away and admitted to a mental institution 
uh, for for his deed. Man, that is insane. It's always something behind yeah. the shades, even a film, even in a film like this. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's one of those dark Hollywood stories that, uh, yeah, I, like nowadays, obviously that would be huge news and everything that someone tried to murder a child actress um, on set. Yeah, so I thought that was crazy and definitely something to uh, worth mentioning. What's funny is there's probably way that's probably one of the most mild Hollywood stories, like classic Hollywood stories I've heard heard, oh, which yeah. just shows how like insane it was back then. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's from what I a lot of the things I've heard. That sounds like a minor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely been uh, there's definitely been more uh, murderous like. Oh, it's just the, oh, it's just the lighting guy had to go to a mental institution. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's definitely interesting to delve more into those like dark Hollywood stories from back in the day mm. that uh, yeah most people don't know about. Yeah, I obviously didn't know about it until I uh, just read it today. So uh, yeah, that's so. Uh, uh, before we take our first commercial break, do you want to like like give like an overview of your like your Manelli travels and maybe even rank the films you watched? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, on the, I'm putting you on the spot a little on the top of your head. <laughs> I guess I know. I'm not ready for this, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Manelli is, um, I think, obviously a director that um, any film fan really needs to delve into because um, obviously these are all classics, um, and whether or not you know anything about the films going into it. You know they're they're classics just from watching them, just because there's timeless music um, in it, and the uh, uh, the stories from all of them are really just um, so engaging and delightful, and just um, you know I could just I just like put myself back in the day, thinking like these would be like so enjoyable to go see in the theaters for the first time, you know, back in this yeah. Like, this age of Hollywood. And uh, I don't, I feel like you don't, we don't really see that too much anymore. You know, these big grandiose um, happy films that, um, you know, will uh, like these, I mean, I was just reading meet me in St. Louis was a huge box office hit. And I mean, I guess nowadays, you know, a star is born was sort of this musical, but it's also much more of a tragic story. Yes, it is. (laughs) It is. And, it feels like a lot yeah. of the films that give effort nowadays are normally telling a sad story and the films that are supposed to cheer you up are very silly comedies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there's not as much yeah. of the, say, the set design and the work and the acting and musical numbers that are in something like Meet Me in St. Louis, which is pr- purely just trying to brighten your day. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like like you said, I mean comedies are definitely really just wacky and silly nowadays. And they, I guess are kind of, um, I don't know. I feel like they're all more niche in a way. And this is a, uh, you know, this is a musical obviously, but with a ton of comedy elements in it, um, which, yeah, I feel like nowadays everything has to be sort of pigeonholed into, um, one thing and it can't be, you know, this, um, um, I guess what am I trying to say? A movie for the masses in a way that's not only um, you can't just pigeonhole it into one genre. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say, I mean, I know the Marvel movies are so big now and there's a lot of comedy in those, but 
um, you know, it's all playing off these pre, these characters that people already know about yeah, uh, and everything, you know, it's not just the story about a family that, um, yeah, that I, that I think is so relatable and, uh, and delightful at the same time. So, yeah, I think this is definitely, um, all three of these are definitely ones for any film fan to, uh, to see before they die. <laughs> and if I could rank the three that we saw, I would honestly, I would probably say American in Paris is my favorite. Nice. And then Meet Me in St. Louis and, or St. Louis and the clock are right. Right behind it. I, I would say, yeah, tied for a second right behind it. Nice. Yeah, I think uh, an American in Paris. That one for me is just one that just sticks in my head more. It and does. All the 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 songs for one, and then the yeah. uh, the dancing. It's so it's thing. such it's so it's so, on such a grand scale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those that I think of like I like singing in the rain, right? Like the all the dance numbers, all the songs, and everything just really stand out to me a lot. And um, of course, just the the look of it and everything too. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm glad I recommended to you. I, I'd recommend these to anyone uh, who's into looking into classic movies just cause they're like, they're, they're all they're to me. They're like some of the easiest and funnest to watch, which mm-hmm. is not a, as easy to find um, in classic Hollywood. So that's why I just, I just think they're such a gem. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that is, uh, I guess that wraps up uh, Manelli, except for the re- we have to get the into recasting. recasting. Whoa. So we'll take a break now, and then we'll be back with our recasting for Meet Me in St. Louis, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we're back. And it's time to recast Meet Me in St. Louis, Louis. Just going to have to keep saying that. But uh, all right. Yes, right. <laughs> um, all right. For this, Luke, I, I only recasted Esther and John. Mm, okay. As, you know, the main, I guess, love we connection could, there. We could both <laughs> recast Tootie as macaulay culkin and call it a day day. (laughs) (laughs) that's a that's actually a much better idea when i was thinking about recasting i was like i feel like sorry about the train there (laughs) uh i was thinking um of course we have to recast tootie but then i i just felt weird looking through child actresses and recasting so we might as well go with macaulay culkin yeah it is weird uh, it's like you're uh being a (laughs) hollywood agent ruining a kid's life or something yeah, God, I can. That just makes makes all those like casting agents for children just seem really, really creepy. Yeah, um, which some of them probably are. But uh, yeah, anyway, okay, yeah, Macaulay Culkin, good call on that one. And who else did you? Uh, who else did you recast? <laughs> um, all right, so for Judy Garland, I picked uh, Sorsha Ronan. Holy shit. I picked that too. Oh wow, nice! I picked her too. Yeah. That was actually uh, a recommendation from uh, my brother Jake, who was on our Oscar podcast. Everyone, of yeah, course, remembers. Yeah, he said, "Why don't you just pick Sorsha Ronan?" When I was like <laughs> looking for, him, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty good," because um, he reminded me that in this uh, movie we watched, directed by Ryan Gosling, called Lost River, 
Um, Sorcerer Ronan has a like a singing scene in it, which is really good. And oh, nice. also, Sorcerer Ronan is just like the the likable new kid on the block, sort of. Yeah. And um, it, it, Lady Bird is, um, in a way, a, it has similarities to Meet Me in St. Louis, in a way. And just kind of, mm-hmm. they're at a similar age, I think, both characters. So I think she could, uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, you picked her too, obviously. So. <laughs> Yeah, that you is crazy. Agree. I would... agree. Yeah, that's cool. Because I was reading that you know, Judy Garland was around. Yeah, in the because Judy Garland was around twenty-one at the time, but she's playing like a, you know, like an eighteen-year-old. So I was thinking, you know, like a younger actress around that same age. That's kind of has that same look, and I had no idea she could sing. That's that's the only uh, thing I wasn't sure about. But uh, yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I picked. Yeah, I just thought she fit that role well cool <laughs> cool all right yeah let's move on to john john then i don't even all right. the thing about recasting john is i don't remember john that well from yeah this honestly movie, i mean he's honest. he's not a huge i mean he's a big part of the story i guess but yeah. his character doesn't have a huge um arc i guess but uh yeah i I'm just picked sure him since he was my, a love i'm not interest. sure about my pick either <laughs> oh, yeah i kind of went with uh after i picked Saoirse ronan i kind of went with i think is an obvious pick uh, just kind of a, an easy one yeah um yeah i guess i'll say mine i went with timothy chalamet oh yeah that is a good one just i feel like Saoirse ronan and him have been <laughs> in every single so, movie I, together yeah so. <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> My, it seems like a thing that would happen yeah. If they were actually going to remake this movie, yeah, just use the people who are already together and everyone loves both of them. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're both likable and they I, they probably work well together. Might as well just <laughs> do that. We'll make some money. So for my pick was another Jake recommendation. Um, and I'm not sure about it. <laughs> oh. Um, I went with Lakeith Stanfield. I'm sorry to bother you. I'm not, yeah, like, I'm, he kind of, like, talked me into it when I was, um, I was going to go with Adam Driver, but he was like, that's way too typical of a pick. You should go, and then he, like, (laughs) kind of convinced me to go with Lakeith Stanfield, but now that I'm talking about it, I don't even really know how to argue for him to play. Like he's obviously a great actor, but you know, if for yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure why he'd work well for this. He is a an R&B an R&B singer. So that that is one Oh. Yeah, that's wow. one thing and um the girls all all like Lakeith, so I could see uh Sorcha Ronan in the movie having some serious um uh childhood anxiety about going on her first date with Lakeith yeah lakeith john uh and (laughs) yeah i think it would turn out into a very good modern modern version adding the uh adding the urban spin from the atlanta crew lakeith stanfield (laughs) yeah that's where we get into you know modernizing uh the movie a little bit more maybe have have more r&b feel to it i feel like whenever i'm modernizing one of these movies it's like putting a black guy in there and say, yeah, we'll add a funk rhythm to it and, yeah. <laughs> and it'll be modern and cool. 
Yeah, that's it. Well, nowadays we we got to put either a woman in a male role or yeah. um, make everybody black, you know, because all of these movies from back in the day, um, I mean, obviously a lot of them are all uh, white people. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to modern them and not always have to be uh, the same uh, white people in uh, in every single movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like that. Lakeith Stanfield and, uh, and Adam Driver are definitely two popular picks. Yeah. From uh, from you and Jake, I think. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I uh, like it though. Yeah, and I and your I yeah I like yours I like yours too. Obviously, uh, yeah. I guess should we move on to for a few yeah. dollars more? So those are our picks. If you guys agree or disagree with either of us, let us know. Or if you got two better picks than that, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's move on to. The final Leone film yeah. for a few dollars more. Heading, Luke, what is your what's your west. hot take? My hot take. <laughs> yeah, and, um, I enjoyed the film. That's my my hot take. I know whoa, most people. Hey, whoa, I, hey. I know most people don't enjoy the film, but maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, riots in the streets. Yeah, what's interesting about watching one of these right now is I'm starting to think about the director. Uh, quentin tarantino again considering his once upon a time in hollywood trailer just dropped mm-hmm. and these movies do just like hold such an influence in like his work especially with like just the music he has and the um yeah the uh, art of art of building suspense so yeah so when i when i was wa- when i was watching this movie it, ca- it kind of just made me a lot of it was just thinking about how it, it's influenced tarantino um and yeah, I, I think this is uh, one of my, it, I, it's hard to get better than the good and the bad and the ugly as definitely. the best Leone for me. But this is definitely like, you know, a close second, like right up there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not as like, it's definitely building towards like more and more of an, a full epic um, mm-hmm. just as the good, the bad and the ugly is. It's kind of like, I feel like. A Fistful of Dollars is a little more is is definitely a more contained movie than A Few Dollars More. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I yeah I I enjoyed the uh, duo of hero bounty hunters in this one with uh, Colonel Douglas Martins and um, Monko <laughs> Clint Eastwood is Monko, in this one yeah. Monko, <laughs> um, and just seeing these. Seeing what I must say are the most uh, uncareful gun holders in the history of cinema, <laughs> <laughs> the way that the things they do with guns in this movie, they will shoot, they will shoot in any direction at any second. Oh like, yeah. There's a scene where Clint Eastwood gets like his cigar shot off by a guy and like, <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And there's a scene where Colonel, you know, Colonel Douglas, um, shoots Clint like in the side of his face just to like prove to um, the villain that he's like was in the gunfight, and yeah. he does it like so fast. And it's just kind of like, man, like if you were like even like a second or an inch or barely off at all, <laughs> you know, you could have you know, yeah. killed a guy. Yeah, like you have that. They didn't even care. You have that much confidence, and like, what if you make a mistake? <laughs> and Clint Eastwood wasn't even phased. It wasn't like, oh my yeah. god. Like, that's, Man, you almost shot me that, in the head. That's all I'm He's just like, oh. That's all I'm all I'm saying. I mean, it <laughs> <laughs> I the it while it did work to create some very entertaining gun 
gun scenes, but wow, like just mm-hmm. just hold up a second. <laughs> Wait a second, take a breath. Oh, whoa. Sometimes. <laughs> I, I just love that opening gun scene, the, the opening scene where they first meet each other, um, when mm-hmm. when they're both uh, see each other, uh, looking at binoculars for El Indio, and they uh, they start shooting each other's hats, mm-hmm. and and Clint Eastwood he just shoots his further and further away, and he just kind of and he just Colonel Douglas just keeps looking at him, he's like, can you shoot this far? Can you shoot this far? And then, yeah. and then eventually he finally gets to a point where he can't hit him. And then Colonel Douglas just shoots his hat, like up, makes it fly in the air. Like that scene's just, that scene's just too cool of a square, of a square off, you know? Like it just mm-hmm. doesn't, it just doesn't get better than that when it comes to just, you know, in, in cinema, two gunslingers, like just, um, just um, matching up against each other. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, I just I loved the the duo between them yeah. too. Thought they had great great chemistry and the characters worked well together. And yeah, that scene is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's so good. The shooting of the hats. Yeah, yeah and they're not even <laughs> trying to like you know it's it's obvious they're not even trying to kill each other. It's just like pure respect for each other. You know. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, I obviously agree with uh, with everything you said, and I just think these uh, the Man with No Name trilogy or the Dollars trilogy, whatever you want to call it, I think they keep getting more grandiose. Yes, um, like you said too, and uh, you know, in this one, more than a, a fistful of dollars, the the characters are much more memorable. Within which, in you know, a fistful of dollars, it's hard to really remember. You know what the villains, um, you know what they were really up to or what their characters really did in a way. But yeah. this, you know, I thought there was a great villain in Indio. And yeah. Then great, I would, um, I'd say the best villain he's had in this trilogy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then just, yeah, the duo of the bounty hunters. And then you find out, you know, what really what Lee Van Cleef's motive is um, in the end, uh, yeah. which turns it into like a revenge story for yeah him. yeah i really that all I, really worked oh for me. yeah liked that a lot Liked that a lot um and i think the music also went with in with indio just made him extra kind of menacing um mm-hmm. which like i don't i yeah it's like the most memorable like use of music in leone's films for a villain out of mm-hmm. all of them and it just like you know, just how like scary he is sometimes and reckless and, and just adding that tense music makes him a just very menacing to these guys who at first you think are kind of untouchable. Yeah. Right. Especially in that one scene towards the beginning where he's like facing off in a duel with, um, I forget. He was like a a prisoner of theirs. I forget what exactly, um, his character was, but, uh, and this, the music starts and they're in this room with the huge like open ceiling and, and everyone's right. just watching and yeah, just the music there. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, and obviously I'm a huge fan of um, all of the Morricone scores in these Leone movies, but uh, yeah, this is definitely, yeah. I think that keeps getting better too. Like, you know, movie I think movie. when like the Leone movies and what, 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 you know, and you're always sad when a movie you like is ending I'm mm-hmm. always sad that the, you know, like, like the score that the score is going to leave. I won't be able to listen to the music anymore. Like, yeah. 
yeah, you just exactly. get you just get so used to it. It's so pleasant, and the music always the music always has that like end of adventure goodbye feeling to it as Clint Eastwood's riding off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you With just all get the dead bodies, and you get all nostalgic already about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, this finale. Yeah, no. This finale was obviously like it was a, ahead of um, ahead of fistful of dollars for me, and also and maybe like right up there with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like the the final shootout just uh, really hit home. Uh, yeah, especially with the reveal, um, as you mentioned before, mm-hmm. on, on it being a revenge story. Yeah, and how Clint just kind of. Clint just kind of rides up and he's he he says he like get, hands him the belt of bullets and the gun and says now we start yeah. and then the, <laughs> the score is just like da da <laughs> it's like so great it's so great yeah that entire final sequence is yeah I mean all of, all of these movies have these incredible final sequences at the end and um yeah, I would agree. This is right up there with Good, Bad, the Ugly for me. And part of it is just, how do you just the characters of um, the Colonel and Monko are so likable, and you just want them to be a team too. Yeah. You know, at first when you see them, yeah, when uh, the Colonel shoots the side of Clint Eastwood's head or whatever, and it seems like they're kind of disbanding. Um, it's kind of like, well, you, you obviously know the Colonel will be back in some way. But you want them to, you know, to be working as a team to yeah. take down this. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. when they say goodbye, it's like, it's just, it's so like sad. It's just sad <laughs> completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then a super satisfying ending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess, uh, Luke, do you want to sum up your thoughts on uh, these Leone films now? And I guess where they stack up with the other Leone films you've seen? and, and Sure. Too? Yeah. Um, I had a great time i've obviously i've i've said this before i've been trying to get more into westerns lately and um these are when it comes to westerns probably you know like entertainment wise and um just style wise um they're like at the top of like the pecking order for me you know i i mm-hmm. mean for everyone obviously just um Leone's just such a a master craftsman when it comes to just like just setting up a shot in general. Like every shot in his movies is just so well constructed and so beautiful and just pops. And mm-hmm. there's just so much style and each each one has its own like way the opening credits start like for a few dollars more starts on this like the opening credits roll on this terrain that he just found just this plateau and, and there's always just that great Morricone music uh, s- to start it off. And um, yeah, I- I'm happy. I can finally say I've finished this trilogy and I know there's more, there's more Westerns um, from this filmmaker I need to see, but um, I'm happy. I've seen like the most essential ones um, mm. now, um, all the Clint Eastwood ones, you know, especially and and it's nice to see like how badass Clint Eastwood was back in the day yeah because nowadays I just kind of look at him as an overrated director so mm-hmm. so it's nice <laughs> so it's nice it's nice to just like see him so in so long ago in such a different time like 
like just kind of where his roots were and um, why he's such a, one of the biggest stars ever, really. Um, oh, yeah. Because his performance is, is, in each film is just obviously just it's like no one else could have done that, <laughs> done that guy as good as, you know, as well as he did, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, each each villain that came in was so um, so like menacing, but also like charming in their own way and kind of made you laugh. Um, and yeah, the various characters and yeah, it's just like each film's kind of like a world that you like that are, is just really like exciting to live in, you know, for that yeah. brief time. Um, I guess ranking these. Um, oh yeah, I did Once Upon a Time in the West as one of mine. So yep. Yep. Yeah, that was the first go, one. Yeah, I would go with um I would say my favorite would be for a few dollars more. Mm-hmm. Then a then a fistful of dollars and then once upon a time in the West. Once upon nice. a time once upon a time in the West is one I will have to um revisit one day and just like uh I think I'll get a better sense of what he was going for um, in that movie. Mm-hmm. It was a little more complex and longer than the other two. The other two, I was just like, were much more clear to me in how they were like, um, how his style and his and all the the guns the gunslinging her- heroines that he invented, like, and how they influenced um, action movies, really just spoke to me in mm-hmm. those watches and for a few dollars more is just the the it's just the um a better fistful of dollars to me as the title says totally <laughs> um, yeah you get more dollars um, <laughs> <laughs> um so i i that's why for a few dollars more is just better it has it like fistful of dollars gives you like a a, a great just action star but for a few dollars more it gives you two and a great villain and just a um a really a really just um fulfilling story um so yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah nice i was leone um what, what what are yours i'm just curious how would you rank the ones i saw or leone and your leone movies in general yeah so out of out of those three i good in the bad of the ugly is my favorite definitely um but then out of these three, um, for a few dollars more um, is also my favorite. And then after that, I would say Once Upon a Time in the West. And I totally agree with what you said, too, because when I first saw Once Upon a Time in the West, it was almost too, it was a bit too dragged out. And I didn't really follow everything that was happening. And it's very complex and detailed. Right. Um, but then the second time I watched it, I liked it way more yeah because i I, then i started to piece together like why things happened um and everything Mm -hmm. like that and and i guess it gave me a better understanding of the story because it is a really long one too Um, yeah it has the best opening of any leone film i'd say yeah Mm -hmm. and that's yeah that makes you really appreciate the uh all these scenes that leone sometimes does where there's no dialogue whatsoever and you're just sort of watching these characters interact with each other um, just based on body language and everything. And I thought, um, yeah, the second viewing for me was way more effective. And then 
for a few dollars more, obviously, yeah, it's uh it's an even better version of Fistful of Dollars. Um, it just exemplifies everything from uh, from that one. Um, and yeah, I like what you uh, how you compared Tarantino um, to these Leone films too, because I feel like anyone who is a yeah. fan of Tarantino nowadays or likes Django Unchained, um, like these would be right up your alley too. Yeah, so anyway, what I was saying about Tarantino, you know, if you like um, Tarantino movies, Django Unchained, you'll obviously like these. And uh, um, yeah, what I like more about these Leone spaghetti westerns is that uh, they're just great action movies where, I mean, the story obviously works too. They're not just popcorn movies. Yeah. And I feel like I do really like westerns, and that's what started getting me into more classic movies too. Yeah, but some of the like American westerns are all about uh, the hard life in the old west. You yeah, know, this rancher, and they're all very. Um, they're obviously, I think, they're great movies, but they're not as just they're not as fun and rewatchable. I think as these yeah. spaghetti westerns. Yeah, um, yeah, you can see in Django, like Quentin, like ripped a lot of the. The, the gun reloading like the quick draw totally. reloading like from for a few dollars more which is all over for a few dollars more like for mm-hmm. a few dollars more there's more gun use than any yeah. leone film i've seen for sure um yeah and so you can see that and plus quit quentin has all the music he you know he, he uses the same mm-hmm. music um inyo morricone's like scored a couple of his movies now um yeah that's right yeah, like I wouldn't say Quentin Tarantino's movies are like some of my favorite or anything like that. They definitely mm-hmm. used to be, but now it's kind of one of those things where I more so appreciate like his taste in movies. Um, definitely, like and out like it it like motivates you to explore more. And definitely, out of like all the movies, um, I have watched like all old movies I've watched the most that have influence tarantino are for sure the leone movies it's just mm-hmm. ever like everything about them um the suspense building all the tension of uh, the extended dialogue scenes the cutting um mm-hmm. yeah the the violence of course um yeah yeah and just like obviously like the cool yeah like violent characters the yeah. cool heroes the that cool, aren't you know not yeah. afraid to kill yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, and they're kind of like they're almost pack, packaged like a like a fun. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say B movie, but more like a like a like a like a comic book or something like that. As you yeah. see in the opening credits, and like Tarantino's movies usually do have those like um, those illustrations of, um, that feel a little comic booky at the beginning of his movies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that just made me think about that. Cause once upon a time in Hollywood trailer dropped and, um, that looks great, that's yeah. definitely a much anticipated movie. I like the space that he's operating in. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Qu- I, yeah I, I recently Tarantino. saw the trailer too, and that got me excited. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Should we get into recasting? Yeah, now? let's do it. Um, 
We're doing uh, Manco, Colonel Douglas, and Indio. Yep, that's uh, what I got. All right, so for Manco, I've recasted <laughs> Clint Eastwood before, and I did Ryan yeah. Gosling last time. Mm-hmm. But um, I was gonna, I was thinking about just doing him again, but instead I decided to go with uh, Keanu Reeves because, oh, because nice. of the new John Wick. <laughs> Uh, trailer and just because i love it um just because if you're if you're gonna have a a good a big time gunslinger this is the we've probably got the greatest one of all time in movies in keanu Mm. reeves so why not reboot it with uh with that guy you know (laughs) god yeah has keanu ever done a western (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i would love to see that yeah i'm not sure how he would uh look on screen but as long as he just looks kind of badass like uh Mm-hmm. like uh john wick and you know he he's really good at um he's better when he's not saying anything i would say yeah. um and he's you know he's one of the biggest badasses in cinema and i i can God, i'll yeah. buy every movement of his quick draw for sure that's because sweet. yeah you've seen those videos of him practicing with guns in mm-hmm. an actual range and he he actually does all that it's pretty nuts and it God, also makes yeah. him kind of look like a savage <laughs> I would love to see a Western version of like the John Wick movies. Oh yeah, that would be sick. Mm-hmm. Wow, Juan Wick. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Juan Wick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. And then my pick for Monco, um, which I remember your pick of Gosling last time, and I was like, oh, that'd be a good one for this time too. Um, but I don't even remember who I picked. But yeah, me anyway, either. for this one, I went with tom hardy oh okay yeah i went through some and i was like he's gotta he's gotta be a hero but at the same time not be afraid to you know ride off with a bunch of dead bodies in a wagon (laughs) and like not care about that yeah i mean that's like that'd be the most mild thing he's done in movies (laughs) yeah so i figured tom hardy would be good for that and he'd be pretty uh he'd be pretty badass yeah good uh, he's a good he's a good silent actor and Mm -hmm. in dunkirk he doesn't say anything (laughs) yeah yeah, great. Yeah, I think he'd be. Uh, I think he'd be a good one for that. I, I think he's been in a couple westerns too, um, that did pretty well. I can't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, Tom Hardy. I guess I don't yeah. have too much more to say. But he's um, also yeah, yeah he's also very just naturally violent. Um, yeah, but he's he's put into violent roles very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, then who'd so, you have for uh, the Colonel? Colonel Douglas, I went with Sam Elliott. Oh, of a nice. star of a star is born and many other tombstone. Things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was gonna go with Matthew McConaughey, but I I thought of Sam Elliott later, um, partially nice. because he kind of looks like the guy in this movie <laughs> a little yeah, bit, he does. and he's got yeah. that low Western voice, and he's 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 he looks older and just looks like a man who's got just tons of experience and everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything that pertains to living. So oh, yeah. I think he'd be, he'd be super believable as the guy who Keanu Reeves can look up to in this, uh-huh. in this gunslinging, <laughs> in this gunslinging movie. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Sam Elliott is a great pick for any sort of western character yeah yeah like this yeah i mean yeah nice. he, especially he, especially the way he preludes the big lebowski 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you get that just Western feel immediately. Yeah. Totally. Nice. I went with... Um, so I know in the movie, they don't. I feel like Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef don't look like their age difference is that much apart, but apparently like looking more into it, that Lee Van Cleef is supposed to be significantly older, about yeah. 10 years or so. Um, so I ended up going with... Um, it's funny you said Sam Elliott because I was thinking like Tombstone, the guys from Tombstone. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't decide between um, two guys in that movie, Kurt Russell or Val Kilmer. But I ended up thinking of Val Kilmer because Ooh. in Tombstone, he's Doc Holliday and he has that great mustache. So I thought he could bring that back and Val Kilmer could play the colonel in this one. That's a really interesting one, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. He 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 does wield a weapon in heat, and he's got a big gun heat. in that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I thought he'd be great for that character, and he'd also be, um, would be likable because his character. And I thought about Tombstone too, which is a great, just fun western that I really like. He's a gunslinger there, and he's he does sort of the same things, like shooting Clint Eastwood inside of the head and just nicking him. Um, he does a lot of that too in Tombstone, and. Uh, and he's he's not afraid to kill too. So when he has to, <laughs> I, I um a little side note here, Val Kilmer side note. I recently saw a like scene from a a Harmony Corinne like film that Har- he directed with two other people, and so it's got like I don't know if you ever seen Four Rooms. No, I haven't. Tarantino. It's directed by like four different people and has four segments. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this is, except it's got Harmony Corinne directed one of the scene, one of the scenes, and it's um, with Val Kilmer. It's called the nice. four, it's called the Fourth Dimension, and Val Kilmer is kind of like this. It's hard to describe. He's just kind of almost like a um, giving like a motivational speech at a roller rink to a bunch of like eccentric people and like. It's just like it's like the best Val Kilmer scene I've ever I've ever seen. Like, oh, it's wow, pretty awesome. un, it's pretty unreal. Worth Thanks, worth you, worth YouTubing. Adding that to the list. Yeah. Nice. Fourth dimension. All right. Well then, uh, what is your pick for Indio? All right. Well, what's been interesting about picking each of the villains of these is you get to look into the best modern you get the cream of the crop of the modern hispanic <laughs> actors to look at yeah i think uh-huh. i think um i last week was the last time was john liguizamo i picked him so oh I yeah so yeah. i couldn't do him um and mm-hmm. then i definitely picked benicio del toro for yeah. for probably once upon a time in the west so mm-hmm. I, he was off the off the books too so i went this week with Antonio Banderas. Oh, nice. And I'd like to go I with, like it. I'd like to go with a younger Antonio Banderas for this one. Mm-hmm. Just to m- more energy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Indio is 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 a bit younger. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I like that pick. Antonio Banderas. See, that's the thing. I was uh I was also looking through, you know, all these Hispanic. I like to see actors. him be scary, you know. I wonder what how mm-hmm. I bet he could pull it off pretty well. Definitely. I've never seen him actually like really be t- a scary <laughs> a scary Yeah, one. he's usually not I feel like he doesn't play the villain that Yeah, that he, often, he, but he like could. he's usually like just 
very funny and likable, but I think he could pull mm-hmm. off a a sympathetic villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was looking through actors for this one, this is tough because I I know you picked Benicio del Toro earlier, and I thought about him. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I picked Javier Bardem. Mm, yeah, you did at one point too, which he's also great at playing villains. Um, but I ended up going with uh, Danny Trejo. <laughs> That's <laughs> who I was between. Uh, nice. I was yeah, thinking yeah. about picking him as well. Yeah, I know he's quite a bit older, but I just felt like he could definitely. I mean definitely fit into this role and he'd be um i guess indio he's a little goofy too and i felt like um danny trejo could definitely do that yeah while also being menacing Mm -hmm. uh, as a villain too um so yeah yeah those are some good picks yeah wow we did it we did good again i don't know how yeah we're like undefeated this year in our picks (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) yeah try to top that everyone but I also think uh, I would love to see more of a like fun gunslinging western with characters like this, like nowadays. Yeah, you know, I feel like we haven't had that since. Probably, I mean, Django Unchained. Nobody but Tarantino like really that. does them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Hateful Eight really was just like a big like sus- you know, it's just a contained suspense thing. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone's just on the edge and, you know, not trusting each other and thinking everyone's going to kill them the whole time. So, yeah, it's pretty cool that that someone at least is bringing these back. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I I guess that that concludes our our series of Nelly and Leone. Wow. We've come a long way. Yeah. (laughs) Been working day and night. Yeah, we've gone we've gone from Paris to St. Louis to yeah. the Old West, yeah. Mexico. Wow. We'll have to, yeah, again. We'll 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 move. We'll be moving on to something else. Uh, yeah, we'll need to talk about it more in detail, but it's probably going to be something from the classic Hollywood again. Um, mm-hmm. We'll be bringing back classic Hollywood, and we'll be diving into some more directors too. Yeah. Um, different genres you know this was a lot of musicals and westerns yeah so we'll do something different next time and yeah back with another series that'll probably be more consistent than this one um and we'll also we'll probably we'll do some random random things here and there too yeah, i know sure. we got the, there's a yeah. the criterion collection is coming out soon so yeah. we'll be able to and there's many other things we've talked into that we've talked about many other things like doing best scores and stuff mm-hmm. like that and so yeah yeah and we There's obviously a, talk about music a lot and the world is our oyster right now <laughs> yes <laughs> and also by the time this podcast is released the uh the new twilight zone oh yes will probably be out and um, we yeah i recall talking about that and i've actually been watching season one of the twilight zone i'm almost at the nice. end so um yeah looking forward to that um got some of our favorite actors in it and um yeah should be it looks it looks like it's in good hands yeah yeah and i'll definitely see anything associated with jordan peele yeah um, nowadays definitely he's proved himself and if you uh if you want to get ready for the new twilight zone series if you haven't seen much of the original um the i believe the first episode is a different take on a nightmare at uh two thousand feet um, which is one of the most highly regarded 
um, mm. episodes of the Twilight Zone. William Shatner, he's on a plane, and um, I'm not sure if I've seen that on one the yet. Wing. Yeah, yeah, you, you should watch that before watching the first yeah um, episode of the new one because I think it's a it's a new take on that one, um, starring Adam Scott. Okay, what's good so, about the Twilight Zone is they're very easy to rattle off. Yes, yes, they're short. They're great for the modern day attention span. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and I think Jordan Peele is going to be narrating, so we'll see how he uh, lives up to Rod oh, Serling's I, I narration. Mean, I, yeah, it's I, hard to beat that. I, he's probably not going to, but I'm sure yes. he'll have his own cool uh, spin on it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's impossible to be as cool as that man when announcing no. a show. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the one of my favorite things to watch is just him yeah. narrate. What I hate, I hate a lot of um, the Netflix how Netflix. Uh, skips the opening uh it, it tries to skip opening theme songs and stuff like that yeah. for um shows which i don't like when watching shows um mm-hmm. because i i actually like i like that i like how it resets and you feel you're re-entering the show um yeah and, and the twilight zone has like the best opening in in tv so, so oh yeah um i i really don't like it when it skips it <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely I've skipped um, you know something like Parks and Rec before or yeah, the, something the I've Parks watched and a ton Rec, of times. Yeah, the Parks and Rec one is so repetitive, so it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> the Twilight Zone is one I cannot one. get enough of. I yeah. can skip the Game of Game of Thrones as well because Game of Thrones uh, that is, one is so long. <laughs> it is so long. Yeah, <laughs> the episodes are long enough. Um, yeah, they are on their own. They so. are. Yeah, so the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and the I feel like the theme is always a little different too. They always do a little bit. Something a little bit different with the opening, um, I guess, title sequence. Um, yeah. So. How are you supposed to yeah. trip out if you don't watch the opening credit sequence? Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an iconic song, too. Yeah. Well, I guess that sums it up, everybody. Yeah. Um, um, we'll probably be back in a couple weeks, right? Be back in a couple weeks. <laughs> we'll be We're back, to get right? to the theater. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we'll be back. We'll think and, of something uh, good to talk about. Yeah, and remember uh the Criterion yeah. streaming service is coming out so in we'll, just we'll about a week or two. So we'll definitely watch some stuff off there and talk about it. I'm probably going to have it my own uh bingeathon of it like <laughs> once it comes out. It actually um you can look up what's going to be there. Um Oh yeah, I saw they released Yeah, the they've already talked about that. And so you can actually see, and it looks exactly like Filmstruck, which we talked about, Mm -hmm. which is funny because it's just like Filmstruck just hasn't, it just reminds me that Filmstruck hasn't been here and it was a thing I used to use a lot. So yeah, it's cool that it's just kind of coming back, but it's also just kind of like, all right, well maybe it won't stay around. Who knows? So yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I actually watched a movie at the Criterion channel um, I know you've seen, uh, John. It's uh, they had a, a, last week. They had a movie uh, detour. Oh yeah, detour. Um, it's yeah. a noir, yeah, which I really enjoyed. Um, I did too, yeah. So yeah, that's one I was actually. Um, I think after I started the podcast, it's a little behind the scenes fun fact. I was looking up, um, you know, some noirs to watch, and I found the detour on YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah. Full movie. So I, if it's still on there, I recommend everyone. Yeah, it's go and really watch it. like. It's a, yeah, it's a really like seems like a feels like a really intro, introductory noir, and it's also very mm-hmm. short. So it's a good. It's definitely yes. worth the watch. Yeah, it's just like barely over an hour. I yeah, think. but yet yet you go on quite a good um, 
a quite a like just it's just a very packed journey you know never mm-hmm. nevertheless even though it's just an hour yeah yeah so we'll be um with the criterion collection streaming service coming out we'll definitely try to recommend some classic films that maybe you haven't heard of or maybe ones we haven't even seen yet or heard yeah. of so um so yeah we'll look out for that too we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up yeah should be any, uh, should be fun any uh, last words to conclude our series here, Luke? Uh, I don't know. I wish I had a, bu- a, li- <laughs> a Clint Eastwood line ready, you know, or something. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, we, uh, uh, we'll end it here with some good uh, Morricone. Uh, I was going like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and yeah. you, can, you can sing. I can sing, me, me in St. Louis, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Two very yeah. different scores. Yeah, there we go. But yeah. yeah, all right. So, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Get yeah. to the uh, the theater, see some of these movies that have just come out, and uh, and see these uh, these Minnelli films. Have a, have a films. great spring break. Spring spring break. break. <laughs>